everybody. Welcome to the Street Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Wilhelm. And as always, I'm excited to be here with you today. So uh, last week we had a conversation about Paul, the Apostle Paul, and, uh, you know, uh, examples that he could give us to help us live in a uh, in a fallen world. And uh, I thought we did well, but this actually should have done a better job of explaining this. It's going to be, that was week one to a four-part series on the Apostle Paul. And uh, this week we're going to walk into uh, did a lot of praying, a lot of soul searching, a lot of uh, researching, dedi- time, dedication into the word. And I came up with uh, four action steps that we can use to help ourselves um, to um, be Christians in the fallen world we live in, right? And I have examples in this of uh, uh, from the Apostles Paul's life that I'd like to bring up to help, you know, drive this point home. So uh, thank you all for being here with me today, and let's go ahead and get started. My first uh First action step thing I came up with to help us draw closer to Christ in this fallen world um, isn't necessarily an action step itself, but it's a concept that I want to go over because this concept helps drive home the basis for the other uh, action steps itself. And uh, this is free free will versus God's will. Right. So why did God give us free will in the first place? You know, uh, when he made us, God made us for a relationship. You know, he wanted to have a relationship with us. Um, That being said, if God didn't give us free will to want that relationship, right, if we just had a relationship of servitude um, by not having free will and just God made us to love him, there's no value in that love, right? I I mean, I can't think of an example uh, because of our free will, but imagine that you were in love with someone um, because you wanted to be in love with that, that person, but say that person, uh, loved you strictly because they had to, and they didn't have a choice. Would there be much value in that? Uh, the answer is no. (laughs) The answer is no, there wouldn't be any value in that. And nobody wants that. Uh, that's not, not what we want. And that's not what God wanted for himself when he created us. He wanted fellowship. He wanted relationship. He wanted us to want to have, um, wanted to, wanted us to want to love and adore him. Right. The, the goal is to, to strive the, the goal then with free will versus God's will is now that he has given us that choice, you know, um, what do we do with it? Right. And the goal is to try as Christians is to have our free will strive for a match to be God's will. Right, we should always be searching for God's will in our lives and, and what it means, and we should be going for that. Right, and that sounds easy enough, and we'll, we can go in later through some of these other action steps on what that actually means. Um, but there, there are some problems with this. Right, it sounds easy enough. Saying, "Well, I just want my my free will to match God's will, and everything's happy." Right. Well, the problem with free will is we don't always make the same. Uh, we don't always make the right choices. We haven't always been you know, in the same walk of faith, you know, sometimes we make honest mistakes. Sometimes we make purposeful ones by free will and we're stubborn and we walk away from the will of God. Um, and when we do that, oftentimes these bad choices, um, from our free will, they, they cause us pain. They make us hurt. And because of that pain and hurt, they, they institute a a fear in us. And that fear, um, that fear that comes with it, will actually make us fear our decision-making process in the first place, right? And uh, we can fear all sorts of things, whether it's good for us or bad for us or whether it's actually part of God's will or it's not. That fear from being hurt 
can can actually help blind us from needing to see God's will and going in that direction. And it's a it's a terrible shame. Um, but if we remember that through our thought process, through driving towards God's will and doing our lives right and and living with a a heart like Jesus, that we actually are going to to come come at our thought process with love and peace instead of fear and pain. And it, and this will help ensure us that we are going in the direction God wants us to go, right? So it's very important. I wanted to cover that that topic first is our first topic of free will versus God's will. And why did he give it to us in the first place? And that's why, out of love, out of love. So uh, the second action point I would like to get to is um, for for us to focus on a personal and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, right? And uh, it talks, Paul gives us a good example in Galatians 2.20, where he says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Right? So basically what, what he's coming across here, right, is um, as we draw closer to God, we will find ourselves uh, we will find ourselves wanting and desiring to move more towards him. Right? So uh deeper and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Like we, we have this opportunity and we need to take advantage of it. We're, we're not looking, this is not a religion. This is a relationship. And I say personal and intimate because he, you know, the Holy spirit dwells within us. So there, there, there gets no closer. We, we can't have any, anybody closer to us than the Holy spirit. And, um, that relationship, we can't hide anything from God. You know, you can you can lie in a relationship and hope no one finds out and all this stuff, and you can try to be a different person. God knows who you are. God knows your, your worst. He knows your best, and he loves you regardless. So to deepen that relationship is, is what's so important. Um, so I got here, it says, this not only will draw us closer to Jesus, but will let us live a more godly life. It doesn't guarantee us that our life will be easy. Oftentimes it may be the opposite. You know, and if uh, reading through, looking on the life of Paul and uh, going through Acts of the Apostles where it talks about the majority of the word we have on his life, you know, the Paul's first mission uh, trip, essentially the majority of his missions that he went on um, is just a, a, a rinse and repeat of Paul travels to an island, right? Uh, you know, somewhere in the Mediterranean, you know, in, in, in Greece or, you know, Syria, wherever he goes, right? He travels to a place. Um, and the and he preaches, and he preaches. He goes to the synagogues and he preaches and he and he saves. There are people that that hear it. And there are people that love it. But at some point, uh, there are always some sort of. Uh, normally, it's uh, Jews or Pharisees, and in these spots, there's always some uh, some Jews that start to turn the crowd against him, right? And it it happens every time. Turns them against him, and then he gets in a situation where he almost dies, beaten, stoned whatever the case may be, it has to flee, right? Happens every single time. Um, so the, you know, driving to have this deeper relationship with God, may, it might not always be easy. You see it here in Paul's life. Um, you know, a, a perfect example is he went to an island called uh, Lystra, or Lystra, I don't know. I spend more time trying to figure out how to pronounce these words sometimes than I do actually reading the Word of God. Uh, Lystra, he healed a cripple. 
right? And it, it was such an amazing act that the people there thought he was a god. They were preparing sacrifices and worshiping towards him, and he's literally tearing his clothes, showing them, I'm just a man, that's not it. And then literally then at that point, the crowd turned on him and stoned him to the point where they thought he was dead. They dragged him out of the town and left him, right? And it wasn't until he was surrounded by some believers that he, he got up and, and was able to walk away, and, uh, and they, left, they left the town. Like, he, he's been in this some terrible situations, but it's a cycle, right? And it's not, like I said, it's not always easy. Um, but what it does do is it gives us a sense of peace, that God is in control, that his ways are better than our ways, and that his plans are ultimately better than ours. Our, the relationship with God does that, right? We can live at peace knowing that God is in control, that he is better and knowing what's bet- better for us than even we do and that his plans are ultimately better. So if our plans don't match up, that free will versus God's will, we can rest easy knowing that God's will has a better plan for us than we do, right? That, that peace in and of itself makes it possible um, to survive whatever this world has to throw at us, whether it be actual stones or verbal stones or emotional stones. In addition to this, it lets others see this peace in the, in the storms of life and makes us wonder, you know, makes that person wonder, how do you do it? Right, which actually leads me to my third step, which is becoming a lighthouse. So becoming a lighthouse for God. And uh, as we continue to grow in our faith and deepen our relationship with Jesus Christ, we become a beacon for those who are looking for the same. This is so important because beyond the praise and worship that we display as signs of our faith, how we live and the example that we provide others by living lives in a godly manner, provides the tangible proof of all the goodness of God. This is a chance for non-believers to see the goodness of God in action. In some circumstances, it may be that person's only shot at seeing the gospel. Those actions may be the everyday miracle that brings that particular non-believer into the love of Jesus Christ. Everyday interactions as Christians are that important. This brings me to an example of Paul's life, right, where... Um, Paul's technically on his third, what they call his third mission trip, but he's actually on his way back to Rome. He's been arrested in Jerusalem and he claims, you know, he, he lets him know he's a Roman citizen and he wants to be tried in front of Caesar. So they, they sail him back to Rome. And on the, on the way there, they get into a terrible storm shipwreck and he ends up on the island of Malta. And God even told Paul that this was going to happen. He didn't know why. He just told him it was going to happen. And uh, while they were there, the people, you know, uh, came down to the, the shipwreck area where the, the sailors were, and they built a fire. And Paul was doing, you know what Paul does, you know, grabbing sticks to help, help you know, feed the fire. And um, when he did, a snake came out and bit him. A poisonous snake came out and bit him on his hand. You know, at this time, in this world, that's a death sentence, and everyone knew it. Well, what does Paul do? He shakes the snake off. And he continues to do what Paul does. And everyone sees this and they're like, oh, this guy, this guy must be a God himself. Once again, he has to tell everybody no, but it gets the attention of the, uh, gets the attention of the leader of the island, right? The leader of the island of Malta. And he, and he bring, he wants to meet this man that, you know, survived the snake bite. And he, and he meets him and he invites him to dinner. And when he's there, he, he decides that, uh, he, he comes across this man's father that's ill, has a uh, what they call a Malta fever or whatever. He's dying. 
and there's nothing anybody can do for him. So, you know, Paul does what Paul does, and he uses the Holy Spirit and the, the miracles that God's given him, and he, and he heals this man's father, right? So what, what does this mean to us, right? Paul was a lighthouse to the people of Malta. God used him, and in the strangest of ways, to show people who had never seen it the glory of God. This is how we should all be every day, and it's not through, doesn't have to be through a miracle like that. How we live, the fact that people see the peace in the storm, that they see the calm and the love that you project to people when they even sometimes do nothing to deserve it, but you do it because it's the Holy Spirit in you and it's the right thing to do, that those, those, actions, those actions become a catalyst for what everyone can be in spreading the gospel. Right, So this brings me to my fourth and final action step for today's episode, and that is realizing that we are the hands and feet of his church. You know, what does this mean, that we are the hands and feet of his church? Well, that means to me as, as believers, um, you know, or I will say as believers, we are all uh, vessels of the Holy Spirit, right? We, we are broken vessels that the Holy Spirit comes and, and heals our broken vessel when we decide to accept Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and he heals that vessel and he fills us up with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to do things that we cannot do our, on our own, right? Um, well, that Holy Spirit, um, you know, it's the Holy Spirit. It's amazing things, but it is a spirit itself. It doesn't have a body in itself to live in. We are that body. We are that vessel. And uh, the through its healing and sanctification process of the Holy Spirit in our lives, um, we give the Holy Spirit the means to accomplish what needs to be accomplished on this earth through us, right? We are, we are a tool for the vessel. Um, you know, we do this by being in tune with the Holy Spirit through prayer and worship and by digging into God's Word. We get in, in tune with the Holy Spirit to know what the Holy Spirit moves. And any, anyone who's been at this point, and I'm, and I'm living through it now, so I can tell you by an example, um, it's not easy. But you you hear it, you feel it, you you feel it, it. It will, you will feel like God. When I say God put something on my heart, I feel it. it. It's like a weight. And when I question whether it's real or not, it starts to burn. <laughs> it starts to burn in a way, and it doesn't go away until I act on on what it's told. And it's not by, you know, this crazy in tune thing. I worship, I pray, I ask God for answers. I pray to to open my eyes of my heart to see the things that he wants me to see, and these things work. And whenever I get led astray and I feel like something is on my heart that it's not, it magically doesn't. Like it just, nothing lines up to match. When you match your free will to God's will, the path becomes straight. You know, it doesn't mean you won't try to get off because we're we're not perfect by any means. But as you, as you go off, you'll realize things don't work, and you pray and you worship and you find your way back to that center north, that compass, that is Jesus Christ, and it will, it will keep you on that path. Right. So, so we are the, the vessel by, by which God does these things, right? So Paul's a perfect example of this, right? Um, you know, he, he had a good life. He, I mean, he was a Pharisee, which at the time I would, I would equate to, you know, middle management, had a family, um, and he left all these things and dropped everything to preach the gospel, right? He planted churches, he performed miracles, he led the early church, and 
and the expansion of Christianity, right? He was able to do all these things, um, not, not on his own, not by himself. It was the Holy Spirit inside of him that did this, right? And it's what we're, what we're all called to do. Um, you know, we were commanded to take the word of God to the ends of the earth. So, um, how, how we do that, right, is by being the hands and feet of the church. What do we do? We go out and we feed the poor, right? We go out and we take care of the widows and the orphans. We, we love those who, are, who can't love themselves. We sacrifice ourselves for others in what we do. We live out the gospel. We live out the words of Jesus Christ uh, as an example to the world because that example, that lighthouse, Will draw people to us. It will bring people closer to God. It will bring people to the gospel, which is how we how we do this, right? I don't need to stand at a pulpit and preach to the world and people respond. I mean, yes, that stuff does work, but imagine everyone, every believer, acting like a believer in all their ways, showing an example for the world on what God's love does for us. That's how we get the gospel to the ends of the earth. And I hope these action steps will help do that for you to know a way. We talked about in the last episode some good charities to get involved with. I, I'd say volunteer. Reach out to your local church and figure out ways to volunteer and help people. There are soup kitchens. There's homeless outreaches. There's um, you know abused women's centers and things that you can get involved with that you can help and be the love of Christ on the earth so that the Holy Spirit can work all around us and show within us what we can do. And I'm, I'm so thankful to be a part of that. And uh, let's go ahead and, uh, you know, we're going to end this bad boy in prayer, but understand we got, we're going to do two more episodes uh, as part of this series, so the next couple weeks. And I'm still praying exactly the direction God wants us to go, but I feel like he's going to have us dig into a couple individual books that Paul wrote in the New Testament and really, you know, what that means to us and what we can gather from those. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, in this bad boy in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we have so much to be thankful for today. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Letting a piece of you live in us is the most incredible gift. Thank you. Thank you for being a God that wants to be in relationship with us. Thank you, Lord, for giving us free will so that our love affair with you has meaning and is not just a relationship of servitude. Thank you, Lord, for providing the examples necessary to know how and what a relationship with you is supposed to look like. Lord, bless the listeners of this podcast so that they can be filled with the Holy Spirit and can experience your love firsthand. Let them use the Holy Spirit to walk in your ways and conduct the steps we talked about today in the podcast so that they can help spread the gospel to the ends of the earth as you commanded. We pray all this in your almighty and all-powerful name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.